on the huddle with us this evening. Matthew Tukaki, who is the chair of the National Māori Authority and also Trish Sherson, founder of Sherson Willis PR. Hello, you two. Hello. Good to be with you guys. All right. So both of you stuck in Auckland, Matthew. I mean, looks to me like you guys could be an orange. You don't have to wait in red till New Year's Eve. What do you make of it? Oh, look, I think it's great. I mean, I think, you know, the sooner we can open up, the sooner that we can provide more freedom of movement for Aucklanders. Uh, and also the tailing of this is this, and just, you know, reflecting on what David's just said, December is traditionally the biggest receipt month of the year for small and medium-sized business, particularly in retail. Our consumer spend goes up. Uh, hospitality um, venues uh, make pretty much um, a month's uh, income, which would reflect to be six months' worth of re- receipts. And, and so anything that enables us to do that. But, you know, I'm also conscious that there are a lot of people out there that are still nervous and hesitant and all the rest of it. Um, but I say, you know, swing those doors open and uh, and let's start moving into 2022, uh, knowing, uh, you know, that we're, our freedom, so, so to speak, is going to be better than it has been in the last few months. Yeah, the thing is, Trish, nobody's disputing whether we go to Orange. What, what we're wondering is why the hell are we waiting till New Year's Eve? It could have happened weeks ago, couldn't it? Why the hell are we waiting? I mean, it just shows again, this this government is getting further and further away from um, Auckland. If you think about for them, Auckland Central is always a key fighting ground. They lost it to the Greens last time around. They are not. They are not getting it back. I was on Ponsonby Road on Friday night. Heather, no one is listening to the Prime Minister or this government. Uh, it is normal life out there, and so it should be. And holding Auckland hospitality in this ridiculous red setting until December the 30th, when Aucklanders then have gone away on holiday and hospitality and restaurants have missed their key season of the year to try and make yeah. that little bit of money after being closed for four months is outrageous. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Matthew, in your position as chair of the National Māori Authority, what do you make of this research that shows the vast majority of Kiwis across all ethnicity groups, ethnic groups, and the vast majority of Māori do not want to wait in restrictions for the Māori vaccination rate to get up to 90%? Yeah, look, I read the survey. Look, let's be let's be fair about it. It's a survey of just over a thousand people. It's not necessarily um, the the total population. Be interesting to see what they. That's how surveys work, Matthew. I know, but look, a thousand people being surveyed for me um, doesn't tell the full story. However, there is a point here, and the point is that we are we're, look, we're pandemically fatigued. Uh, I think a lot of people, including Māori, um, especially the Māori I've spoken to, uh, they again want to just see some normality return to their lives, um, jobs, connecting with whānau. And look, in particular, Auckland is home to the biggest outside of Northland tribal population of Ngāpui and so on, and these people want to return home. Uh, and, uh, and of course, it's Christmas. Of course, we want to see our friends and our family. And look, is the research a surprise? Absolutely not. And to be frank, if I was to take that survey, I'd probably ar- arrive on the same side of that ledger too. Good on um, you. I uh, desperately want to yeah. see my, my nana. My, you know, my grandmother turned 95 down in Upper Hutt the other week. Um, uh, you know, good old Anne, amazing lady. Um, I haven't been able to see my grandmother in quite some time. Uh, and there's just that personal connection you don't get on the phone. So I would probably likely be, in fact, I would be here. I'd be on the other side of that ledger um, with those people who say, basically, it's time for us to open up. And Trish, I imagine you would be too. Oh, I am, but I think more importantly, this this survey is what will be being reflected in the Labour Party's own polling. And yeah. for a, a, 
a mm. party in government who has already ha- been in a tailspin to, you know, the tune of 10 or 11 points just this year alone. Uh, this this is just another signal that the polling is uh, going to be going down over the um, over the new year. And I think, again, it just reflects that the government has just really lost touch with with New Zealand on this. That's where they won last year around the control of the, the management of the pandemic, but it's where they're really seriously losing at this time. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I'm, I'm dying to know what you guys think about house prices coming back by 30%, so we'll deal with that after the break. It's you back with the huddle, Trish Sherson and Matthew Tukaki. Trish, did the Prime Minister's comments on house prices and a drop in house prices sound as crazy to you as they did to me? Oh, well, I think you've summed it up best. They were nonsense. I mean, it was just sort of the, the mouthings of an idealistic sort of student politician. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. But actually, I think the bigger point is, you know, as you were saying, why has no one reacted? Because we don't expect really anything from this Prime Minister yeah. in terms of economic um, savvy. And what we do, are we, we are used to with her, is sort of mouthing kind platitudes that sound good, uh, but don't meet the test. And I'll and tell you what, I've been to a number of business, um, you know, lunches and, and, and dinners and things where the Prime Minister has spoken over the last few years. And I can't say there's been one I've come away with where I haven't felt a certain sort of cringe or embarrassment because the speeches were of such a low sort of um, student politician quality when it comes to speaking about business and the economy. So I don't think it's surprising, but it is really disappointing. Yeah, I agree. You know, Matthew, I don't think this is going to do the Prime Minister any damage because I think to get to the place where people just roll their eyes when you talk about essentially a collapse in the housing market, the damage is already done, isn't it? Well, that's right. I mean, look, look I, I'm not going to go as far as Trish has no cup by you, Trish. Look, here's the reality of the situation. We've been facing a housing crisis in this country. It's been a rolling festival and a litany of failed policies spanning multiple governments of multiple colours. And we arrive at 2021 on the cusp of a new year and we still can't get the formula right. And the reality is, and what's really interesting about what David Seymour's just said as well, um, we really need to arc our economic policy into the fact that we're a debt-laden country and that's not just in reference to the government and our books. Here's a figure for you. $47.5 billion in purchases on credit cards, up 5% from the year before in August this year. We spend on average of $4 billion a month. We are using credit to keep our heads above water. Very few people in this country would admit that they can afford the mortgage they currently have and we know because of the research in terms of the rental market that those in uh, region, regional and rural areas are putting pressure uh, on the uh, on the property market as well. Yeah. The reality is we are a heavily debt-laden country and what would be useful for our politicians down there in that beehive or all the wasps instead of uh, you know bumblebees are rolling around wasps, it would be good for them to get together and focus on what we can clearly articulate as a country for clear concise and fact based economic policy that spans multiple governments because we are in a hua of a mess at the moment. Yeah. And, it, it, you know, I get sick and tired of listening to people who say, oh, you know, first home buyers. Hell, uh, Māori women, women in general in the uh, in the 50 Up Club, 
uh, they can't even afford to get into their first home. And we're sending our whānau, our people, our women in particular, into financial poverty past retirement where their only income is national super. You know, for such a rich first world developing country, um, my goodness, we, we should take some time and some effort uh, in joining a few damn dots together because, quite frankly, whether, whether the Prime Minister knows what she's doing or previous Prime Ministers have got it right um, or uh, whoever will be the next Prime Minister, it might be Chris, yeah, it might be David, you never know. You know, come on, you guys, sort it out, yeah. you get paid enough. Well, like, I think we know it's not going to be this, Prime Minister. Trish, um, now this will be the last time that we talk to you before you go away on your Chrissy break and stuff. Where are you off to? <laughs> well, I'm heading to Northland. <laughs> oh, good luck. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, and so, and so <laughs> I am interested to see how the police roadblocks are working. i tell you what, the damage has been done on those. Have a look at the motorway or the state highway. Even when there is a car broken down with a flat tyre, rubberneckers mean that traffic uh, backs up. I think yep. that the feeling around this that the government has created is just terrible. And the fact that, um, you know, the police had some sort of sticker scheme over the weekend that was such a shambles. I mean, Muldoon in the 70s did a better job of Carlos Days <laughs> than these these guys have made. So so I think the damage is done. And the, and yeah. the, and the, thing, I would, the thing I would point out is in every car, there is a voter over the summer. Yeah. And so, again, really bad for the polls. Oh, guys, thank you, Trish. We'll get you to report directly live to us from the checkpoint when you go through. Merry Christmas to the pair of you. It's been great to have you on the huddle this year. Matthew Tukaki and Trish Shurs in our huddle.